When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Middle call! Hey, hey! Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the show. Let's ride, John. What a pick by Middle Call. You know, guy, that the hashtag when you when you're trying to be sarcastic, funny, and just you know put your put your stake in the ground. Uh-huh. Sometimes you would use a comma or whatever, but as as a fellow hashtagger, you know you, it all has to stay in one line. So you just let's ride my ass, right? Like I'm not a businessman; I'm a business man. man. Like let's ride, comma my ass is what I meant. Not let's ride my literal ass. For those of you listening to the podcast who missed it, John nailed it. Credit to Middlecoff. He tweeted yesterday on Monday, you bet your ass I took Seattle plus seven. Hashtag go Hawks. Hashtag let's ride my ass. But you're saying you meant let's ride my ass. That's what I honestly, it's what I meant. And then immediately I realized it was like, I'm not deleting this or changing. No, it. Who cares? Good. You know, the, the humor in life, John, is in the... It's in the imperfection, and it's in the um, making fun of yourself. For sure, so it's 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 all good. It's all good, man. Saul Goodman. Saul good, man. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. I'm wearing the gear today. Got the helmet back here today. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. It is number one. I actually got a DM that I wanted to share with you as part of our Tito's ad. I hope this person doesn't mind. It came from, um, you know, that uh, the, you know, that Twitter account, MLB executive burner. Oh yeah. I follow it. Yeah. He listener of the show. It's a MLB executive anonymous account. Listen to the show and uh, he DM me. It's Brian Sabian. The, uh, uh, Theo said, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did we out him? He said electric transfusion Tito's fresca and a splash of grape. Sounds Tito's amazing. Fresca and a splash of grape. So uh, that's that's a good order right there. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. It's number one, and it's great. It's It definitely takes the spot, uh, the top spot every, uh, every time there's a football game on. Yes. Uh, what we need you to do, and what you guys have been doing and continue to do it, is DM us, is link us on, on Twitter, on the Twitter, on Instagram, at John Middlecoff, at Guy Haberman, 
And uh, anytime you're drinking Tito's, obviously, I, you know, we're focused during the week. You can have a pop here or two. And not against that by any means. But we know you guys get a little more aggressive, I'd say, Thursday. Now that football's back through Sunday. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I guess we're working from home. So not everyone needs to be dialing on all cylinders on Monday morning. But uh, Tito's, any Tito's drink, John Daly's, transfusions, you name Tito's. We don't see many Tito shots. You know, that's one thing. I guess vodka is not really the most shot alcohol, like maybe whiskey and definitely tequila. Right. But, uh, you know, we, we, we like making cocktails. So do you guys and keep uh, forwarding us your cocktails. Yep. Part. Uh, so, uh, so many great ways to enjoy Tito's. You can go check it out. Tito's vodka.com as well. All types of great recipes there. The uh, electric transfusion sounds pretty tasty. Tito's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. We're also sponsored by our good friends at DraftKings, the DraftKings oh. Sportsbook, John, where you sign up, use the code HAM, open up the app. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Bet 5 bucks, get 200 bucks in free bets instantly on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. One more action. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. The Sunday bet on any NFL team to win. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10, think about some of these teams, guy. Niners, led by 10. The Titans, led by 10. Those teams lost. Yet, if you had made that bet, we would have covered. We would have won money. Instead, we bet on them to cover the spread, and they obviously lost the game, and we don't. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code HAM to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's Code Ham. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. She see show notes for details. All right. And uh, we're looking right now at some of our options for locks of the week, both college and NFL. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting games out there. Some tough ones. I mean, the Niners, as I look at it right now, uh, what did I see last? Ten and a half? Nine, nine and a half? Uh, I got them at nine and a half right now. A lot of points, guy. Niners at nine and a half right now against the uh, Seattle football Seahawks. So what do you, what do you think about the fighting Hainers and uh, fighting Tedford's getting 13 at uh, the Coliseum down at USC last time? Yeah. I didn't even think the, the dogs surely covered that game, but that they, they were winning at a lot of the game and then they ended up losing. But uh, you're talking about the more recent one or the 05 game. I'm talking about the 05. Oh yeah. Not counting the car game. I'm counting the, the game, the mat, that, that game. I, I We just need to scrub that one. The car one. The fifth, the 05 game, uh, and this feel like there are some similarities. Obviously, the 05, that team was viewed as one of the great college football teams of all time. But I would say if you just ask the casual people, people would be like, USC's kind of back. They're going to kill the dogs, right? I think that is what people think. I mean, USC had five possessions, five touchdowns in its first half against Stanford. Jordan Addison looks fantastic. Was the best receiver in college football last year. What about the other guy? Mario Williams. Jesus. I know. And... Two weeks in a row, just watching them, they run some sweet plays. They, they run sweet plays. Weird shit. And Caleb Williams, John, I call me crazy. I think if he were in this draft, he might be the number one quarterback taken in this draft. He uh, looks pretty good. I'm not going to deny Really that. good. Now, their defense is not great. Nope. Stanford moved the ball on them a ton, um, especially in the first half. But So I think Hayner, Jordan Mims, like they got a good running back. They got Jalen well, he's an NFL player, I Moreno, think. Moreno, Cropper, Moreno, Moreno, Cropper. I forget which way it goes. Threw me up. I was like, where's Jalen Cropper? Yeah. And I realized he added a name. He added his grandpa's last name. So, 
but they were explosive. Man, they got good. They got multiple wide receivers. They got another dude that they got doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't have knee pads. That hauls ass. That I think no. caught the uh, game. Well, it looked like the game-winning touchdown, and then it wasn't. Uh, but is this Mario Williams' character that uh, Caleb Williams is throwing bombs to? Was he been on the team? Is he a Clay Helton guy? He, uh, he was on the team on the Oklahoma team last oh, year. Uh, okay, that, okay, that's yeah makes more sense because I'm watching him. I'm like, listen, clearly Clay had some dudes, but where do these two guys come from? Well, Addison obviously Blitnikoff. This guy comes a little. That's where Oklahoma people got mad. It was like a package deal stealing these guys, not just Caleb, but like other guys. Yeah. Yeah, they got we don't blame Lincoln. I would have done it too. You know. No, Lincoln, Lincoln's got it going on. Oklahoma's John. been Oklahoma's been fine as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think they've been kicking ass, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, have they played anybody? Uh, played Nebraska this week. Coming up. Yeah, I think this weekend Nebraska. Is, Tom Osborne coming out of retirement for that game. Yeah, it's a great question. Terry Alvarez style. It's a it's a hell of a question. Tom Osborne. I mean, he's still. He's going strong, man. 85 years old. Could he coach this game? Probably. I'd like to see it. Every local paper in um, – I've just pulled it up. Every local paper in Omaha is like quoting Tom Osborne this week. So It's it's hard. I, I can only imagine, right? I, I think we've seen two recent examples of Kingsbury and and uh, – what the hell is his name? Scott Frost. Now, Frost, I would say, is probably held in a little higher regard just given the program status when he played there. That sucks, doesn't it? Going to your alma mater and quote unquote failing and getting run out of town. When yeah. when when really it's not they don't just treat you like coach. They they would die for you to be good, right? And get extensions and be part of the community because they right. know how much it means to you. Right. And for whatever reason, sometimes help, wouldn't you say most of the time? It's like most guys that succeed are like Urban Meyer, Florida, Nick Saban, Alabama, like no connection. Lincoln Riley, Texas guy, SC, Oklahoma. You know, just you don't Outsiders, foot, Chris Peterson, Boise, Washington, right? <laughs> Chip Kelly, fucking out of New Hampshire, Oregon. You don't need to, you and I saw it firsthand, you longer than I was there, but like the Fresno thing, it's so big. And it's just, it's just a natural reaction of the, of, of the people, right? They want their guy who they're comfortable with. And it's, it's typically, Tedford is somewhat of a unique situation for Fresno State, but it's different because they were a smaller school. Like, Tedford Cal. Yeah. Tedford's a state school guy, goes to an academic university, yeah. kicks the shit out of everybody. I, I think it's valuable. I think it can be valuable in schools that are in areas without a lot of talent. So you have to kind of, it's a little different. How do I recruit to this spot? And and places that have like institutions that are not first and foremost all in on football. And so you got to manage admissions. You got to manage, you know, a, an alumni base that may, like, I think those, ty- like, I, Dan Hawkins, I had the UC Davis. I co- I talked to him week one because UC Davis played Cal, and he said, you know, looking back at Colorado, my we were just talking. Shane Vereen actually asked him during the call, like, what what's up with Col- what happened to Colorado? Just kind of asked him. And he's like, you know, looking back, that place needs a specific solution, and I approached it with a general solution. And he's like, I know it looks dumb in hindsight, but I was too generic. I just did there what I would have done anywhere else. When I really should have like really evaluated this place is different and needs something different. So. I think there are some jobs where it helps you to have been somebody who at least know, like Jonathan Smith at Oregon States, I think is a good example. That's that. a good example. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, most places aren't as unique as they think, you know, it's like, yeah. do we love football? Do we, can we get good players? Like, let's go like Lincoln Riley can, that's fine. But like Sonny Dykes at Cal, like that's a weird one, right? That one's bad yeah. fit, bad mix. 
Th- so. There is, th- there's a, d- it's a double-edged sword, right? You go outsider, but the fit does matter. I- I've always thought regionally, because look at Sonny. Yeah, you've always said that. Wouldn't you say a lot of people are like, God, Sonny, what the hell is it? And then he goes back to where he's comfortable and he's crushed it, right? Yep. 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 Ask Danny Gray. Ask Danny Gray. Well, if he's active, I could ask him. <laughs> him and, him and, uh, Ty, Ty Price were like, yeah, you just you just get drafted high. You wear shorts and t-shirt on game day. Was this the NFL? We still on the plane, or <laughs> do we get the meal? Yeah, did people we get give us we get per diem? Did they ever give us a helmet or post game spread? Kyle just kind of mean mugs us, you know. John, as everyone predicted, the Seattle Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West after one week of football. Pretty incredible. After a win over uh, the Broncos on Monday night, my number one thought last night, guy, was, and if you're listening to this. You know, on Wednesday, it's been a day, but Monday Night Football, and I looked it up. I couldn't find. I had some people say it was like this random name. Some guy said it was Art Modell. Monday Night Football is an incredible invention that happened in the late 60s. First year was 1970, but it is. It's changed our lives as sports viewers, hasn't it? Like it is. It's pretty fucking awesome that just we don't end on Sunday and Monday just starts a week leading up to the following week, right? Yep. Thursday, you could you could argue we like it. I'd say most people like it. If you wanted to argue it's a little overkill, I would agree. Even though I would, I like it to stay. Monday night though is a special fifty-two year running event that I think America. It felt last night like who is not watching this game at their house, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now part of it, I mean, Sunday it, night also was a, a di- was a more was a very a much more recent addition too, for sure. Right. And that was the highest rated game of the weekend. Well, it was a historically high, like Cowboy game, too. Like it was, wasn't like 30, uh, 35% from last That's year. I'm talking about the Cowboy game was the <laughs> highest rated game of the weekend, which is crazy to me. But understand, I mean, it's not. One of it, the things was there wasn't a standalone Fox CBS afternoon window game, like national game, I guess. Makes sense. Because there were like three or four of them going at, at one time until it was regionalized. So we were all kind of split throughout the country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that really made that game special that I don't think is going to translate moving forward really for either team is it, it did feel it was like the poor man's version, but it had a similar feel of Brady versus Belichick. <laughs> I mean, it was Pete versus Russ last night, was it not? Yeah, I mean that's that is well, it was Pete versus Russ, a Rune Arledge ABC. I mean, it would to me it felt like Russ versus everybody, Russ versus Seattle. It was one of those things. The second they decided they were trading Russ. They started bad-mouthing Russ. And all of Seattle lined up behind Pete and John Schneider and, um, you know, all the former players who historically have not loved Russell Wilson, like Richard Sherman, when Will Blackman tweeted, I need to see Hackett's red zone call sheet, man, when they went, when they lined up to kick. Richard Sherman said he's adjusting to his personnel. Or maybe it was in the red zone that he said it. But he was kind of, you know, taking a shot at Russell. Um, And he wasn't the only one. I mean, that's quite a tweet, right? But okay, did you follow Richard Sherman last night? He had multiple other tweets about like inside the red zone, about the fumbles. Like Richard despises Russ. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. does not like him. And I and I when I saw they booed Russ in Seattle, I kind of rolled my eyes when he came out. I'm like, are you guys this guy was part of eight, ten win seasons in the championship? Your franchise was so bad before he showed up. I get why they did it. I get why they booed. This is how it works. I, I do have to. The, the fans did it right, man. Like, your job is to create a home field advantage. It's not to create a welcoming home environment for Russell Wilson. And they helped the Seahawks win that game yesterday. So 
No beef with the Seahawks fans for me. I have rethought my position on booing them. Um, they, they, they help them win. Like I think, I think Seattle fans help them win that game. Go ahead. Also, think the time really matters. If this had been two years removed and it's week six, are they booing them? Probably not. You're probably getting a standing ovation. Like, where was it this year when uh, Freddie Freeman started crying at home plate? Yeah, yeah, now, a little different, but you know what I mean. Actually, not that different. They, they won the World Series. He's their best player. This, to me, is so fresh. Under no circumstances, in my opinion, can, and I'm not saying you're clearly not, but I think most people's first reaction that aren't super close to it are like, that's a little fucked up. I for never thought it was fucked up because it's week one. He played a this, – this wasn't a one-sided deal where Pete kicked him to the curb. It was also Russ saying, get me out of here, and it was pretty clear that he was. Now, you could argue he was only saying that because Pete wouldn't let him cook. But I appreciated it. And I also think they brought those cats back because let's face it, like part of when Richard came here, it was like, fuck you to John, fuck you to Pete. Last year, when uh, what's his name got cut, that's now on Bobby Wagner, Richard and all those guys were outspoken about they're always doing this crap, never treating these guys. That, that happened like three months ago. They were talking crap, but they're like, oh, Russ is in town. We'll come. We'll, we'll raise the flag. Your he enemy doesn't is even my like enemy. Pete. Your enemy is my enemy. I think part of the booing, it wasn't just the way he left. I think it's that for years, everyone in that area had been hearing Russ is difficult. Russ is high maintenance. Russ is a pain in the ass. And all these guys that they liked, they'd heard enough people say it, that they were just wait, looking for a reason to turn on them, and they did. And I think the crazy thing about it, you know, Seattle looked like the same Seattle. That's the thing with Pete Carroll. And, you know, the Niners obviously play them this week. Like Pete caught a lot of heat over the course of, the back end of Russ's career because they weren't running an offense that was taking advantage of him and let him cook and analytics and blah, blah, blah. Pete Carroll, 119 and 73 over a 60% win percentage in Seattle after he went 97 and 19 at USC. And the one thing you cannot deny about Pete Carroll, his teams look, they all look the same. They fucking play hard as shit. And when you talk to coaches as you do, as I have, you've been around them. Like they say it's a cliche, but it's true, man. Like the first thing they always say is like, before we got to get the playbook in, we got to establish a certain way that we play. And Seattle, Seattle, like Pete's teams all look the same. And that looked like another Pete team. And my one takeaway, one of the many takeaways from Monday Night Football was like going to Seattle's not going to be any cakewalk. Now it's probably not, it's going to be hard for it to be as live as it was Monday night. That's as live as it gets. <laughs> but I do think like the fact that they won that game, now they've just got it just creates a little momentum for them from an organization standpoint. And it's they that team is going to make it easy, I think, for their crowd to get into it, especially when they're on defense. Well, I think one thing you saw moving forward, obviously the Niners playing this week, is Gino does not suck. Now, is that one of better Geno's one of Geno's better games? We'll see. But he to me, I, I'm no, watching that game. We'll I mean, I think he was like twenty-six of twenty-nine or something crazy. Yeah, but he hasn't really played that much. And a lot of the stuff, like when I watched them play on offense, it looked like McVeigh Shanahan. A lot of easy stuff. Now there were some push the ball down the field. Their guys made it. DK made a couple awesome plays. But there was a lot of the boot stuff where he's dumping it off. Like the, the, the Liam he was Cohen. 82%. He was 82%, John. Is it Liam Cohen? That's not their guy. Huh? Shane Waldron is their guy. Shane but it's, Cohen is the guy that went to Yeah, he, he's a Catholic uh, Liam Cohen. It's, it's all the same. They're all, they're now McVay's minions, which are essentially Kyle's minions that run the same kind of quarterback friendly offense. They do have talent. Like that, that can't be disputed. Offensively, DK is a star. Uh, Lockett is good. And the guy resurrected his career, Rashad Penny, looked 
I thought he looked pretty good last night. He runs his he runs hard. He breaks tackles. Uh, and back to what I said about Geno. Is he a top 20 starting quarterback? Of course not. Is there a chance that he's somewhere 25 to 32? Like he's not a backup, but he's just at the bottom end of the starter. But you can get five or six pretty good games out of him throughout the season. But aren't isn't 25 to 32 backups? Well, I mean, that's the Baker. Yeah, I mean, it's, but they end up starting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he was better than 25 to 32 last night. Although the one rolling left, throw it out to the right, cross the body, jump ball was little lucky. Hell of a decision. That ball got PBU'd. Um, I like Disley. Yeah, Disley. I mean, I think their linebackers look really good, right? That's We'll talk about the matchup for Trey in a second, but Jordan Brooks. and Cody Their defensive Paul. line has been shitty for a while. They were flying around last night. Now, I think to think that they're going to give that effort week one or, you know, a week in, week out, that was he can, they can downplay it and coaches are king of this, right? When they go up against a famous player, when they go up against like the team that they left, whenever it's just kind of about the coach, the coach always tries to deflect, not about me, about my guys, right? You can't tell me that Pete hasn't been approaching this thing like the Super Bowl the last week and a half at practice. Yeah. Yeah. Building <laughs> in the up building from an energy standpoint. Yeah. Cause they couldn't have played any harder. Cause they, I thought Denver was playing pretty hard and they, Seattle was even on a different level. I didn't think like Denver was like going, like their guys were, I mean, their running backs were running hard. Their wide receivers were playing hard. They their couldn't deep. tackle. Who? Denver. Well, yeah. They, you, you know, one of the knocks of Denver, they didn't do shit all preseason. They well, ran a, they ran a country club. It showed their coach didn't know how to manage the game. They didn't know how to. They none of them had the internal clock on what a play clock, how long a play clock is. Wasn't it's part on Russ? Like what was that? What was that last drive with him? Like he was in charge. Like he's sorry, bite my tongue. Go ahead. I'm so fired up on that game last night. I mean, he's got every offensive coordinator in his life fired. Oh, time to bring that list back. Actually, good call. Uh, it's going to do it again this year. I, I'm the reason I'm stopping is because we're going to talk about Russ later, but it's part of, for, for the sake of the Rams, for the sake of the Cardinals, for the sake of the 49ers, you know, it doesn't, as you said to me before we started, each team lost the Niners lost to the bears, not good, but could have been worse in that Seattle. You don't think is going to win this division. And they're the team in first place today. You know, I do think it's it's not. I think we, I think we know they're not going to win the division. Right? I mean, they. I thought Denver shot themselves in the foot twenty-seven times and still only lost by one. So that's not great for Seattle, but c- could have been worse for the Niners, the Rams, and the Cardinals this weekend if one of the others had had won and really you know put themselves one game up. The Rams play the Falcons this week. That's a W. The Lose me? No, you're good. I got you. Keep going. Rams. Okay. Rams play the well, Falcons. That's a W. Well, I got the Rams with a win, so they'll be one and one. And obviously, the Niners play Seattle, and I got the Cardinals starting zero and two. So Cardinals I think play the Raiders this week. The Cardinals play the Raiders and are pretty significant. Like immediately back to back weeks, guy one at home and one on the road. Basically, a touchdown underdog. Last week, I think it ended at six and a half. Right now, it's at six. Would you be shocked if that number gets six and a half? I mean, that's. People think the Cardinals, not people, the gamblers, they stink. It's hard to watch them and just everything that's gone on to be very bullish on the Cardinals. Like, say one thing about Pete. He has much more control of his operation right now than the Cardinals. Now, his, I would say his team's not as good because of the quarterback. 
you know, you'd rather have Kyler, like maybe not, maybe Geno's actually cooler during the week. Geno's actually seems like a pretty likable guy, <laughs> actually. Extremely. <laughs> yeah, Kyler. They wrote me off. I didn't write him back. Kyler probably drive you nuts, but there's no disputing who's the better player is. That that feels kind of like a ticking time bomb right now. I mean, it did in the offseason. Now that we're going, we're like, whoa. Yeah, you start 0-2. What, what, what the hell happens? Uh, well, then they, they play the Rams week three. Okay, he started 0-3. They play the Panthers week four on the road. Tough Remember, game. we talked about it. They got their ass kicked by the Panthers last year. Philly? Philly. At, at Seattle. Seattle. Jeez. I mean, this Saints. We'll see. I mean, Saints, it's like a three-point line with the Bucks this weekend. At Minnesota. Seattle, Rams, Niners, Chargers. So, like, if they lose, if if Arizona loses this week, will they? If they start zero and three, would they be? Would they go to Carolina as underdogs? Say that one more time. If if they lose the Raiders and the Rams, sorry, I mean this now that I said it loud, pretty big hypothetical. If they start zero and three, would they go to Carolina as an underdog? They one hundred one hundred percent. Yeah, unless Carolina is pitiful the next couple of weeks. Bob says Cliff and the Twitch streamer are a joke. I'll never believe in them until they actually show something late in the season. What did you tweet? You had a good one after the Chiefs game. Didn't look like Andy and Mahomes spent all season, the preseason playing video games. Was that what you said? I said the last nine months. Oh, that was, that was good. That was good. Uh, all right. As it relates to Trey, Trey against the S- Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, how do we look at this game now? And do we look at it any differently after watching Seattle on Monday Night Football? We, we knew before we watched Monday Night Football that this was going to be a must-win game for the 49ers. Um, it's become probably even a little bit more of a must-win game. Vegas still likes the Niners because they're still a heavy favorite in this game. But it hasn't changed the fact that it's a must-win game. And um, I would say it probably feels like it has more juice to it. I think you and I, as people who really love the Niners-Seahawks rivalry, don't hate when Seattle wins because it makes these games feel bigger. And um, this game definitely feels huge now for the 49ers. I think this game is, like, I've been thinking a lot about it the last probably 24 hours. I mean, it's the biggest game of Trey Lance's career, obviously. I mean, he's never, every game that he'll play, especially as the season goes, is going to be the biggest game of his career. Uh, And there is going to be, let's face it, whether it's true or not, a lot of people are shitting on him right now. And I think one thing I noticed it, it's impossible to talk about football on Monday before like lunch if like you haven't watched all the games. The amount of people that probably that are shitting on them that actually watch the Bears game, and I'm not even saying that everything they're saying is wrong, but they didn't actually watch. That's that's my thing. No no chance uh, because a lot of people say a lot of things, and you're just like you're not watching Commanders Jags. Give me a fucking break. Like, if you want to have a take on how Mahomes look, yeah, most people probably peaked at that game or Raiders, Chargers. Oh, does red zone count? Yeah, but how often were the Niners in red zone? I would say, I'm just saying at all. Like, No, that does not count. What You can't watch a game on red zone. They're, he, Scott Anson flips the game like every other second. But ultimately, my point is, he left something to be desired. Even he said he missed a layup. He's got to play well. Like, to me, he's got to make some plays. We, we said it last week, like how many touchdowns. He didn't account for a touchdown, right? He threw no touchdowns, didn't run for a touchdown, and had a and had a pick. Like, are, are we getting two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown? Like, are, are, are we going to get some touchdowns? That's I, I, I haven't 
it's going to be sunny. It's going to be 78 degrees. Seattle, this ain't LOB, even though they looked a lot better. They're also coming off a, a short week. Like, are we getting explosive touchdown plays? That's my question. Like, I, I'm not, I, this has nothing to do with like, are they transitioning to Jimmy? What's the, I'm just talking this week in a vacuum. Can he fucking make some explosive plays? We, we, we've probably all seen at this point that the, 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 uh, the thing that went viral, I didn't, I guess, notice it on TV when it happened, when Kyle said, I, I thought he said, say the fucking place. It's same fucking play. I think is what he said. Same fucking play. And you, Trey had to look like, oh, I got gotcha. you. It just, but it looked like Kyle's, it's what Kyle's like that on game day. I would imagine he's probably a little different during the week. It doesn't help to be that all over him, but they need the guy to make explosive plays. Like that's what he was drafted to do. Make explosive plays. I've said all along, you can live with the interceptions. Are we getting explosive plays and scores he scored 10 points driving monsoon, whatever, whether he played good or not, the total landscape of the game, he did account for a couple crazy explosive plays in Justin Fields, right? And that turned out to be the difference in the game. One guy pulled plays out of his ass. The other guy did not. Right. Uh, we are looking at uh, a chance of rain on uh, Sunday, by the way, John. It's like around 37 to 40% chance of rain on Sunday in Santa Clara, by the way. Just FYI. Um, so something to be aware of. But I think, you know, part of the the reason, and we'll get to what Chris Sims said, but part of the comparison to Jimmy, and not that everything has to be a comparison to Jimmy, part of what this offense is needed is what you're describing, right? More explosiveness in the pass game. And I think everyone, at least I, I'll speak for myself, you accept with a young quarterback, you, we can give up some of the consistency, some of the what you know what to do on every play, some of the discipline. We'll give up feeling confident about every throw in exchange for the ability to play a little more of a wide-open offense. Now, I can't compare it really to Chicago. Chicago, just given what that game turned into from a weather standpoint, even before the monsoon started, you don't go into that game expecting to hit a bunch of big, a bunch of big plays. So whatever. It's not about that game. It's not about here's what he has to do better from week one. It's just about what he will need to do in order for this team to win, especially with Elijah Mitchell out, right? Running the football the way they like to run the football might be a little more difficult moving forward. It might not be. Maybe they'll step it up. We'll see. But it might be. It probably will be a little more difficult. Elijah Mitchell, like you used to say, these, these aren't widgets. He is better than the other running backs that they have on the team. He just is. So now that puts just a little more on him. Now is Kittle back, right? That that relieves a little bit of pressure. Probably not. We'll see. So, but he is the quarterback. Like, even if you're not asking your quarterback to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, he's still the quarterback. There is still going to be a baseline of responsibility that a, a, a winning team's quarterback bears, and it involves making plays. I mean, are, are we getting a game within the next month? <laughs> where he throws a couple touchdowns, maybe runs another touchdown and leads another touchdown drive with a run. And maybe those maybe the run of his is another running back so it's just it accounts for four touchdowns, two throwing and then two other drives that end in a running touchdown. Like does he, that's part of like the swing for him and I was pro the swing for him, but part of the swing for him is the high highs. <laughs> you know, this was not like last week right. let's face it he ran that Jimmy couldn't, but it was the stat line looked like mediocre quarterback stat line. And you could be like, well, and I've seen a lot of this on the game. We're not judging like we're not doing some overall referendum on the guy's career on this. 
but the Niners need more. That's what they need more out of in a game. Like they just needed more clearly the game ended. They did not get enough out of the quarterback. Now is the, some of the stuff that's being said asinine and stupid, of course, but the, it cannot be argued when the game ended, they didn't have enough from him. And you can be like, well, fields fucking completed half the balls. Even he did. Yeah. Well, two of them led to touchdowns, you know, like that's, that's the point of this game is to have more points than the other team. And, you know, and I, like you said, with the running game, like unless one of these young guys comes out of nowhere and like looks exactly like Elijah Mitchell, I think it's fair to say until we see it, the running game is not going to be as potent without Elijah Mitchell. But you have to assume that until proven differently. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing. It's a divisional game. So, but, but actually, and they, be, and they swept you last year. Kind of. They swept you last year. Kicked your ass a little bit. You know. And they've changed their defense a little bit. That was part of the talk last night. Like, it's not the same defense Russ practiced against, and it's not the same defense that Trey got to see last year. Um, but even if Trey Lance, like, I do, even to me, like, we're bringing up the Browns game, the Bears game, even if he was 13 to 28, right? Uh, and it was really like 13 to 26. But let's say it was better. Let's say they won. Let's say we can say a lot of let, let's pretend like he had a, a, a an A plus game last week. Wouldn't change any of what we're saying this week. Right, they if he if he did all the things we're talking about last week, what we'd be saying now is well they're going to have to do it again. Like Seattle's going to get at they're going to try and get after him again. We see the way they play. Like I I think you're right. That team was as was riding a major high at home against Russ, but I do think they fundamentally have some pretty good athletic, strong like NFL like playmaking players. On Jordan Brooks is good. Uchenna Nuosu like Mike Jackson. I, what do you have two fumble recoveries Cody Barton made plays like they they just have some guys that look like what we're used to seeing Seattle Seahawks defense and they always here's the other thing they play in some weird ass games and the Niners and Seahawks play in weird ass games so if you looked at last Monday night and went well Russ at home extenuating circumstances you're going to get Seattle's best well I'd put the 49ers in the category of extenuating circumstances with Seattle too like the Niners get Seattle's best consistently agreed so i you know i don't could they beat them by 10 yeah because i think the niners are better than them is gino gonna have the game he had no i don't think he will but you're gonna have to like i think they went to chicago i certainly thought they could go in with their c plus game and beat the bears they went in with their c plus game and did not beat the bears so you're you know and it was like a c plus game the turn second half was probably like a d minus well here's the other thing like 10 penalties? Was it 10 or was it 12? 12. I think it was 12. It was 12. 12. Somebody said 10 earlier. It was 12. It was 12. Only, only the Jags committed more penalties. The Cowboys had, I think, 10 too. Oh, you're, yeah, they, they had less than the Niners, but yeah, they were double digit team. <laughs> so, like, that's the other question. We just assume Trey can just let the defense on the run game take care of itself. Well, the run game is injured now. And, you know, they made a bunch of mistakes on defense. So, is that who they are? Are they the team that can just run and play defense? I don't know. They weren't week one. Hell of a question. I, I'm and, bullish on them. I'm bullish on them. The defense to be big time, but yeah, I, I agree. What happened last week was a little weird, especially down the stretch. Uh, I'm not even counting the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's just to me, they need him to make big plays. It's like, well, he hit Jenny. I, I'm not talking about just one fucking pass. 
Can you throw a couple touchdown passes? That's he missed a touchdown pass. Even if you're Trey's family member or a hate, hater of Trey, like he missed him. Trey admitted it, and he said, "I should have just fucking thrown a rope to him." I tried to make the perfect pass. It's fine, but like you can do that one game, it costs you, right? But it can't snowball. And every single game with Kyle, it happens two or three times. In that game, it really won because of the weather. But I would say for the most part, it happens a couple times where it's like, not, and not all of them would lead to a touchdown. Some of them might just be a 50-yard, you're at the 30, and now you're at the, you know, you flip the field, now you're at the 15, you know, like a 60-yard play or something. you got to hit that play. You have to. And it feels like the Niners have been such a, it's one thing to like, you know, we're like 40% on go routes or what hard passes. I would say the Niners percentage on the layup passes over the last several years where it's like that would have been enormous is so low. Is so low. The schemed the, open guy. The schemed open guy that's like a, a dude runs around a guy. He like pretends to fall down or pretends to block, leaks out. And it's just like, well, Jesus, things going. Yeah. Wide ass open. Remember the play last year in the playoff game? Uh, it's like Rodgers hit it. Now, they ended up not winning the game. But remember, like, Rodgers did the little looper. And, it, like, after Jimmy had thrown the pick, it was, like, the end of the first half. And the guy went, like, 50 yards. Like, the, the Niners hit a couple of those that they have every game. Like, holy shit. Yeah. RP on the stream says, Jimmy sucked in sunny clear skies, too. I think he's talking to the chat, but weird how y'all have forgotten about that. Turn on the Titans game for a refresher. Uh, we'll get to Jimmy. Don't you don't you worry about Jimmy. Uh, we'll get to Jimmy. Uh, remember what we talked about, John, last week. Winning is going to be the most important stat for Trey Lance. It's, and they lost week one. And it's not about who to blame, whatever. Like Who to blame is for us to talk about and for Monday through Saturday. But the only thing that matters, like it's, it's just you got to your team has to win the games. One thing, though, and we'll see how, you know, if Seattle can maintain this level of play. They do have just more talented teams coming up that, you know, for them to win. It's not just the defense going to be a top five defense. He, he has to make plays. It's inevitable. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's the sport. Jimmy Garoppolo had to. Right. There were times when Jimmy Garoppolo had to make plays. Now he missed a bunch of throws. I, this is not about is he better? Or is he not? I'm just saying. When you watch any team get to the NFC Championship game, you will see players at every position, receivers that normally aren't that good, quarterbacks who are normally average, running. Over the course of a long year, good teams have guys make plays at or, every position. Or by week three, they're just going to shift back into late 2021 and give Debo 17 carries a game. Yeah, which, which is not ideal. Not ideal. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at ButcherBox.com slash ham butcherbox.com slash ham and then code ham what does that get you it gets you free chicken for a year in every order you get two pounds of free range organic chicken breasts full free in every order for a year when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use code ham at checkout yep guy enjoy uh, a range of high quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store Exclusive member deals so you can save big on your favorite cuts, recipe, inspiration, guides, tips, hacks. They give you everything you need, guy. And most importantly, you use our code, you get free chicken. Mm -mm -mm. That's right. Free chicken. 100% grass-fed beef, you get that. The free-range organic chicken, you can get that. You can get the pork-raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood. 
humanely raised, no antibiotics, no hormones, and free shipping in the continental United States with no surprise fees. Take that chicken breast off your grocery list. ButcherBox is offering our listeners an incredible deal. You'll never have seen this before. Free chicken for a year. Two pounds of free-range organic chicken breast for free in every order when you sign up at ButcherBox.com and use the code HAM. That's ButcherBox.com and use the code HAM. Podcast also brought to you by our friends of Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code HAM, and the number one. Manscaped.com, code HAM, and the number one. I, uh, from the Lawnmower 4.0, this is the greatest ball trimmer of all time, to the Weed Eater, which Weed Whacker, which is the greatest nose trim hair uh, thing I've ever owned because it's the only one I've ever had is fantastic. The older you get, you get these nose hairs that hang down to your lip. Not a good look. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Ball crop preserver. Just go to manscaped.com, promo code HAM1. Really easy to use. And all their products, here's the best part, guy, are so functional for men. It just, we all need them. And once you get them, you're like, God, I, how did I go without these? And you realize it was hard. Yep. I mean, the uh, proprietary advanced skin safe technology on the lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof. So the weather conditions are no issue. Just like, uh, you know, it would have worked at the Soldier Field last week. Oh, yeah. So jump on it. There's a Super Bowl winning roster over at manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM1 to get 20% off and free shipping. 20% off free shipping, Manscaped. When you use the code HAM1, Manscaped turning your player into an MVP. Uh, there's a discussion, a debate going on right now in the uh, chat about whether or not uh, winning winning games wins as a QB stat. And I would put it this way, because this is always an argument. Trey Lance, if the Niners don't win, I don't expect him to play well enough this year for it not to be about him, right? Like the way sometimes in Detroit, it was like, well, the Lions suck, but man, Matthew Stafford's good if he could just get somewhere else. That's not what this year would look like. So you can we can debate, is it a QB stat or not? No, it's a team game. Like our buddy Shane Vereen, I was talking to him the other day. He's like, you know what, for, what saying I hate? I hate it's the Jimmys and the Joes. He's like, because, yeah, every team needs Jimmys and Joes, meaning the star players. But you also need the rest of the team. It is a team game. Every guy that's on the field has a specific purpose on the field, something he's got to do for a play to work. And it gives you a better chance if you got the Jimmys and the Joes. But you need – the other people, you need the Billies because someone's got a block for Jimmy. So um, he played for Belichick for too long. That's what Belichick tells everybody. Yeah, He's yeah. Tom Brady, Kronk, but he was a great, I mean, he was oh, yeah, he yeah. was he, Jimmy he, and a Joe. He had eleven yeah. catches in the Super Bowl. He was second round pick. So he I set a yeah. record for running back catches in a Super Bowl. I, I I agree that, but here's the reality: if you're a top six, seven, eight quarterback, your teams are just going to consistently win. When you're somewhere eight to fifteen. That, to me, is where it really kicks in with what Shane's saying. Like, if I give you Mahomes, even Herbert, they had one of the worst rush defenses we've ever seen last year, and they won nine games. Now, if I gave them Baker Mayfield last year, how many games did the Chargers win? Right? Four? Yeah. You know, I, I so it's they definitely influence the sport. At the highest level, though, it's then about coaching, other positions, how well you're balanced, your team is. Can you Can you play defense? Can you run the ball? Right, like ultimately watching the Charger Raider game, like if the Chargers are going to be really good, like they're going to need to be. They can't just lean on this kid to do every fucking thing, which feels like immediately they are a little bit. Though Khalil Mack looks pretty good. Like if he comes through, then it'll help out. Yeah. Jason on the stream says John Lynch didn't like a tweet about leaving Trey in Chicago, so I think we're good. 
too wet out there. You know, he get he gets soaked. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Jim, you would have put Jimmy on Nashville. You know, on Broadway Street. Holy shit! Who knows that guy would come home with bachelorette parties up the wazoo? It it wouldn't be a fair fight for Jimmy. He would kill it. Wait, Broadway Street, that's in... Uh, that's the main Nashville. street in Nashville, right oh, across the, the river from Tennessee Stadium. So if they would have left him in Tennessee, Jimmy would have gone right to Nashville and been just fine. Sure, he could have found a good time in Chicago, too. Yeah, that's, I think, Jimmy's stomping ground. Uh, jo- uh, that's right. John, let's check in on Chris Sims with our buddy Ahmed Farid. Uh, this is on uh, his podcast talking about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Take a listen. The grapevine, there's, there's guys... In- I've heard through the grapevine. There's there's guys in that locker room that go, Jimmy G's the best player. I mean, I I, I know he's proven it. But I mean, how I, would you how would you say differently? Right I know, now? and I'm not. I don't want to call people out here, but I I've, I've heard from people that I know around the NFL to go, yeah. There's some prominent people in the 49ers locker room that go, Jimmy Garoppolo is better. Okay, so that's that's a real thing on the offensive side. Well, maybe, but I'm not silly. Okay. okay, so but either way, yes, I think that the leash has to be short. You know, I don't think we can wait till game six and us be two and the 49ers be two and four and be like, now let's do it. It might have to be week three. I mean, again, if it doesn't look good against Seattle this week, and we know the 49ers are a more talented team than Seattle. Yeah. And if it doesn't look good, you know, and they lose, ooh, I think there's going to be some serious thought. If it doesn't look good and they win, it might buy them another week. But I think this another is – week. I, I don't think it's going to be a lot. I don't because I think they're too good, and I think the concern is real, and I think they've told us that. Okay, so there's Chris Sims and uh, our buddy Ahmed Farid there. Remember, he shares a tattoo with Kyle Shanahan, correct? Also says he hasn't talked to Kyle at all about this. He said that later. On the, on the second half of what he said – after the players internally want Jimmy, or there are there are individuals that believe that Jimmy's the better player or whatever. Uh, which I don't even think like if you had to play a game today, is Jimmy a better player than Trey? Like anyone could make that argument pretty credibly, right? Yeah, and I think that's what Ahmed said there too. I agree. Yeah. So now if you wanted to go you with You could him. also argue that he's that Trey could help you win a game today better than Jimmy could. You could I, we'll find out here. I do agree with the latter part of what he was saying, like they ain't just going to sink like the Titanic and be cool with it. We talked about this the moment Jimmy returned. You can say all you want in a vacuum, like, hell of a deal. No one can dispute that. Great deal. Six and a half million, Jimmy backup. But it's also like, they ain't going one and three. And like, yeah, we'll just let him figure it out. We'll just see if he's an NFL star. <laughs> we'll just let him battle through it. Right? They got too many good players that worked their ass off to try to get back to where they were last year. So I don't know, like, you know, there were, let's face it, there were a lot of rumors about Debo and Trey not being on the same page all offseason, and that was an added curveball of why he potentially was asking for a trade through his agent, through Jeff Darlington. A lot of different steps to get to the Debo trade request. But I can't understand if I'm Trent Williams, older player, right? That, that Last year was the farthest I've ever gone. It had to be pretty sweet, and I was... I guess he was in the game, but remember, he was hurt in those playoff games, so he wasn't even healthy. Bosa's, all he does is eat ceviche and uh, and swordfish, and he's ready to roll. You got Debo in, like, the prime of his career. You got Fred Warner, prime of his career. You got Eric Armstead, you know, I don't know, maybe latter end of the prime of his career. Like, you're trying to win big right now, all we've been talking about. So you got to play well. I'm with you if, like, he's playing well and they're losing it's something else. Like, it's not on him, but, like, you can't keep having what I just said. You need to make plays. Like I need to watch you and go, God, this guy's 
influencing the game because which equal wins. If they don't, I just, I, I just can't see Kyle just going down with the ship. Like he is not, people love doing this. Like is, you think Kyle, if this flames out, we have Trey flames out and they start losing. Like it can become a disaster. But if Trey flames out and Kyle figures it out and like adapts and keeps Jimmy and keeps rolling and stays competitive, like he ain't going anywhere. So the only thing Kyle is consumed about is winning. That's all he cares about winning. Now Trey has to develop and you could argue that is on him. And I agree, but there might be fundamental flaws. Like if Trey fails, Kyle will get a lot of shit, but you can't convince me if in like three years it does not go well, that like Trey 100% would have just worked with like Sean Payton or Andy. You know, there might have been fundamental flaws like in his throwing and in his inaccuracy that, you know, because this is a pretty quarterback friendly offense and he's surrounded by some pretty sweet guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, but, you know, part of that, part of that story is going to be how did Justin Fields turn out? How did Mac Jones turn out? How did, right? Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. And 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 if you have to pivot for if they pivot from Trey one day, do they win games doing that? Right? Do they find their does he go to Kirk Cousins? Like whatever. It's it's not A equals B with this stuff because there's so many other little parts. But introducing your starting quarterback for your 49ers in 2026, 42 year old Matt Ryan. <laughs> if Kirk Cousins comes, it'll be like those stories of those couples who like were high school sweethearts and their parents didn't want them to be together. And then 45 years later, after each of their spouses have died, like get back together or something like that. You know, I was at the airport today and I was like scrolling through my phone, wasting a little time and on our YouTube like homepage and like Dan Patrick came up and it was Dan Patrick and Kirk Cousins. Well, first it was Dan Patrick and Ryan Fitzpatrick clicked on it. And then the, the recommended video was Kirk Cousins and Dan. So I was like, shit, I want to see, you know, it was after it was like Monday and Kirk is beaming. You know, on cloud nine, obviously just beat the Packers. I just looked at a guy like makes 40 plus million. Looks pretty happy to be there. Jeep on the stream says, bro, Mac Jones will even get a second contract. Mac Jones stinks. I don't actually think Mac's going to be good, but I'm just saying how, how it all plays out. Other places affects Kyle a little bit. Let's talk about the freshly divorced Tom Brady. (laughs) Giselle tweeted. Let's talk about the first part of what Chris Sims says. There are prominent offensive players is what he led who, uh, who who think that Jimmy's better. Now, he made it clear he did not talk to anybody directly. This is something that he's kind of heard. And my question, if you said, okay, you can talk to Chris Sims off the record. My question, my first question, there's a lot of questions, right? You'd want to know, like, my if you could only Why ask Debo Chris, so mad? Yeah, if you could only ask one question, my question would be, Chris, is that from yesterday, that information? Or is that information from four months ago? When, yeah, I mean, like you just said, I think there were some educated guesses out there that Debo was one of the people who didn't think maybe, maybe that was part of the trade thing, um, trade thing, not trade thing, right? That maybe that was part of it. Um, once upon a time, it looked possible that Jimmy could come back. So maybe guys were hedging opinions. My question would be, did that information come from September 12th, Monday, September 12th? Or did that information come from, you know, July 3rd? I don't know. Because it could be July 3rd. Well, this gets back to the whole situation of when you're going to hand the guys the keys to the car, you got to eventually kick the uh, – You, as a parent, you got to get out of the car and let your kid drive eventually once he gets his license. And I don't care who you are. You and I went to enough practices. There were some good ones. There were also some atrocious ones. 
And the other motherfucker was right there. Now, he wasn't on the field, but when those guys went out to stretch, what's up, Jimmy? <laughs> you know, Hey, Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, hey Jimmy, that thing we talked about? Uh, yeah, I'll see you in the lunchroom in about two after breakfast. I'll shower, come, we'll, I'll haul at you. My, my brother's coming next week. He wants to, we'll, we'll get to get, you know. Like, it is, this is where we talked about the running backs and you said, these are human beings, not widgets. Like this, there is a separation. These are human beings, not widgets. And let's face it, he said prominent players. Well, they only got five or six prominent players, right? I mean, it's on it's, offense. And even defense, how many prominent players are there? Three or four? Bosa, Armstead, Warner. You want to throw Jimmy Ward? Charveris knew. He Mooney. already even said, he, I don't even count him. Mooney. He prefers Mooney. So it, it's seven, eight guys total. Trent, Juszczyk, Kittle, Debo. Because we know Ayuk likes them, right? They hang out. So I, I'm canceling him out. Like Ayuk is a Trey guy, or at least is friends with them. And I, I don't think it's telling anyone Alex negative. Mack? Like if this was a rumor from six months ago, then maybe Alex Mack was like, I don't know if I want to play with a rookie quarterback. Could, yeah, but some of some oh, fair, but you're right. But some of the rumors, it felt like were coming out like when the OTA transition. And then in camp, like even if you're like, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt, if you're a player on the team, we saw the moments. I mean, you were at the practice. You hit me like, you see that? And I said, no. You had you check. Kawakami told you, yells at Trey in the shotgun, which is it's normal football. I mean, some of the best, I'm sure Randy Moss had times someone told him we're like, it's not that crazy. And, but and Kyle did that stuff when Jimmy was the quarterback, too. Or, yeah, but with not Jimmy, it was like, I, you can, you know, I, I think it's fair to say Jimmy knows where to line up on every play, Kyle calls. I think that's fair to say. So there is a basic element. I I heard a lot of people have had a lot of takes on Aaron Rodgers, the way he's dealt with uh, the Nevada kid and the North Dakota State kid. Is it Dobbs or Dubes? I thought it was Dobbs. I heard Papa saying Dubes. Let's just go Dobbs. Dobbs and Watson. And a lot of people say that he's not patient enough. And I was listening on the plane ride this morning. Damian Woody was on with Rosillo. And he said, can you imagine being like a Rodgers or a Brady at the you know late 30s and for Tom in the 40s? Time is not on your side, even if you're Tom. Like you, don't, like, you are on these guys. You need them to catch the ball. You need them to do shit. And it's no different if I'm a prominent – like obviously Bosa in theory has 10 years to go. But like Kyle Juszczyk's on year nine, right? I mean, Debo knows like at any moment this could end, like the way he's playing. Jimmy Ward, fuck, just got hurt. Eric Armstead has seen a lot of shit in his career. So I I think from a human element, if you place yourself, remove yourself from the football and put it at whatever you do for a job and just think like your job, your success, and your ability to make money is predicated on someone else, and it, there's a known quantity, and then there's an unknown quantity, and that unknown quantity could make you 5X, 10X, whatever you're making, but the known quantity just produces pretty consistently a profit. You know, I I think a lot of people just like the certainty of stuff. And let's face it right now, I'm pro the uncertainty because I'm, we're swinging for the fences here, Mm -hmm. but part of swinging for the fences and the uncertainty is a strikeout or a bust or a disaster, right? Just, you said that from the jump, the moment you like the likelihood of the five guys. I mean, one guy might turn out to be an all pro. One other guy could be like a fringe starter. The other three might suck. Yeah, the problem with using we're swinging for the fences, which is a baseball analogy when describing the NFL draft, is that in baseball, when you swing for the fences and you miss, you strike out, 
you're going to get four more at bats times 161 more games, right? Unless you play for Kapler and Farhan, they platoon you. You well, only play about 89. Yeah, okay. but let's, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, right? I know, I know. It's a it's a lot ballsier to swing for the fences. Bottom of the ninth inning, tie game or down by one, two outs, blah blah blah. That's what NFL draft picks are like. NFL draft picks are game 162. You've got to win to get in. You're down by one. Like you don't you don't I, get that many chances if you strike out to then be in position to hit a home run again. It takes a I, while. I think here's the hard part in 2022 with young quarterbacks is. On the most basic level of the sport, it's never been easier to have just some basic, you know, some like uh, baseline level success. Yeah. You, not to be like Brady or Rodgers, but just like, oh, this guy's pretty capable. And then I think there are these recent examples over like four or five years where it's like happens pretty fast. Happens pretty fast, right? I don't think anyone's expecting you to be elite immediately, but we do have recent examples of guys to just hit the ground running full speed and flying. Right, Mahomes, Watson, Herbert, Lamar. You, it's just fuck Kyler. Right? Yeah. The Niners would die for him to have Kyler production. Right? I mean, hell, they would give. I'm not talking about the person. I'm talking about the player, MVP, MVP candidate. So it just it happens very, very fast, and I think that's where, you know, time is on our side. I, I'd be cool with just letting it completely play out, but I, I think we we all know that the head coach will not do that. Do you agree that he will not just go down like the Titanic if this guy is just if just bad game after bad game? And I'm not expecting him to have bad game after bad game, but but I'm I, I think you have to if you just take a step back and you're not like pure fanboy, it is a it is plausible for this not to go well. Given the expectation level, right? His his expectation level is just different because of the team he's on. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of instances where Kyle shows us that he thinks differently than than the rest of us on the outside do, which most most coaches probably do. Uh, like Nathaniel Hackett, right? He's thinks outside the box, John, different thinker, and he proved that on Monday Night Football. Just just whatever everyone else says, go for it. I say field goal attempt was the longest field goal ever. Was that the Seabass Land given 69er? Did did he make that? What? No, he didn't. I, I'm oh. saying that that was the second I longest. Tom I saw on Twitter Dempsey. maybe I that uh, the longest kick. Yeah, the, the second that was the second longest field goal attempt in NFL history. Oh, second longest attempt. Attempt, yeah. Is the all is the great is the longest make longer? It feels like there was like a low sixties make in the last couple of years. Was, yeah. What I Tucker thought there did? was a tie. I thought he tied. I thought Tucker tied like a sixty. Anyway. Two, yeah, I thought it was like I was. Remember, didn't he beat the Lions last year from like half field? Uh, yeah, I thought he tied the record when he did it. Yeah. But I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, as it relates to Kyle, I don't think Kyle looks at Trey Lance like we traded a lot for him, so it has to work, right? Which is how a lot of people look at it. Like, man, you traded a lot for him; it better work, or it's your I, ass. I think I, you could even be firmer with that. I, I think one hundred percent, he does not. Yeah. Okay. So it's you know, so when everyone on the outside is like, Kyle, this better work, or it's your ass because you traded a lot for him. Uh, that is not how Kyle looks at it. Kyle looks at, at it like, the more games I win, the more likely I am to succeed. And however I got to win the most games is how I'm going to do it. Now, I don't think, you know, what Sims is talking about there is a sh- kind of alluding to like a short leash. I think Trey does have a pretty long leash. Like, I think Kyle really liked Mac Jones. I also think Kyle thinks he can win, you know, like likes a lot of the things that Trey Lance might be able to do for him one day if they properly develop him and win with him. 
but I don't think anything is is in stone with him. And your your leash gets shorter though when you lose games. Hundred percent. Yeah, and when you play badly, and when you don't do what I'm telling you to do, and when you know opinions change, when I no longer think that it's likely that you're going to be the guy I want you to be. Now, I think you and I would say, "How are you going to find that out in three games? Right? How are you going to find that out?" Like for every Mahomes and Josh Allen who hit the ground running, there's a lot of other quarterbacks who don't look like those guys within the first year or two and yet turn out to be pretty solid quarterbacks. Who though? now I didn't say star quarterbacks, I just said solid quarterbacks. Right? Like Der- I'm not Derek, saying look Derek I'm, took a little while. I'm not saying look bad. I'm just saying don't turn into Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Like, but that's when you trade a bunch and draft a guy third. That's what you're hoping for some version of that. They don't have to be those guys are Herbert, like those are top. You know, when Tom retires and Aaron's out of the league, those are going to be the top three quarterbacks in the NFL without much debate. I, I mean, you could argue they're one, two, three right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so like you, we're talking top 10. We're talking like seven, eight, nine, 10. We're not talking one, two, three here. It's kind of crazy. They're firmly going to be one, two, three, whenever those two fucking get one guy goes to ayahuasca, the other guy goes to Giselle. It's just, it's a lock, right? It's like, who's, who's fighting for fourth? Yeah. So, um, you know, People sell stock all the time when their opinion of the stock changes. And well, Kyle is not going to be opposed to that. Well, here's the thing with the sport of football that like your baseball analogy in baseball, you just get to play it out. So even like so-and-so's struggling, like you can just give him a month and he gets so many reps and so many games in basketball. It's like Jordan Poole, G League, then bring him back up. And even when Jordan, before he became quote unquote a star, like he had just get so many reps in football. I saw before. I saw a headline like Mike McDaniel going into week one of that game was like, you know, listen, we're very bullish on Tua, everything we've seen, but now it's his time to do it in the game. Like, I'll be shocked if he doesn't carry it over to practice, but basically saying like, you got to go up a step. Like the practice is not the game. The only thing we all get judged on, my owner judges, the fans judges, is that 60 minutes on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. And that, like, Kyle could have been bullish, and they love, like, his maturation mentally and him seeing stuff in practice. But it's like, you got to do it in the game. And that's the same thing for any of these quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Like, ideally, you just have, like, God, he's a great practice player, great in the game, fucking great leader. We love him around. Can't wait to give him $180 million. <laughs> You know? That's, that's, that's the easy one, right? But that's a lot of times, like you said, those guys are outliers. The majority of guys, like, we've been arguing about Dak forever. Kirk Cousins, we've been arguing about forever. You could argue Kirk Cousins playing the best football of his life. Whatever. What year are we? About 10 years into his career? You know? Derek and the Niners would die for that. But the problem is they don't have time to wait for that. Right? No, they don't have time to wait for that. They don't have time to wait for Derek. And and, and that's the, that is the majority. Like the majority of quarterbacks are somewhere like 8 to 14, 15. That are that are that you can win with because it's it is pretty hard to win with when you say like nineteen to thirty two. Do you think Dak can lead a team to a Super Bowl? I, I think if Dak was on this team, you would feel better about this team in two thousand twenty two. Now, would they could they get clipped? Um, you know, in the first round of the playoffs for sure. But if Dak healthy on this team, how do they not win twelve games? He won twelve games last year with the Cowboys, right? Yeah, and this team's better. Or equally as good. I mean, right? But I'm with you. Like they, they are high end. That's when they ran into a Josh Allen. When they ran into a Mahomes. Last year they ran into Stafford, kinda. Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special deal: free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, 
or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, I, I know they beat, we even said last year, like <laughs> the Packers would have gladly came out to Levi's instead of playing that game at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> given the Niners DB situation. I, I, I just think that we are going to debate over and over that quarterback class. The one thing that is not debatable, that is just that unequivocally, every single universally people agree. Like every single person that follows the sport, Trey Lance is by far the the awesomest squad, best spot, sweetest weapons, best situation in best terms of offensive. coaching. Yeah. By far. I mean, fucking Mac Jones now has Patricia calling his plays. On top of, I'm watching that game. I'm thinking like, who are these guys he's playing with? I, I don't even know some of the names. Kendrick so, well, he, but he has some other receivers I, I've never heard of. But that hell, that happens. Some of these games you're watching, you're like, who are these players? But 
when you watch shittier teams. But my ultimately my point is like no one can ever argue like if Zach Wilson fails, which I would bet on him fail, you'd be like, oh, it's the Jets, you know. If if Justin Fields, you'd be like, well, they gave him Eberflus and you know, Ryan Poles is talking shit about the Packers. They could never draft an offensive line. Like, shit. I mean, Trey Lance had like seven pro bowlers on offense. Yeah. yeah. But a, a counter if a Trey person would be like, well, Trey, what quarterbacks has Kyle developed? When has he done that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be play devil's advocate, right? I, if he then, replaces them after three weeks, you'd be like, wait a second. You're supposed to develop quarterbacks. You give a guy two games year one. You give a guy three games year two, and this is how you develop a quarterback. Where was the plan? I'm just. If, I think it's pretty easy to make the devil's advocate case to defend Trey in that situation too. Now Kyle would be like, "Hey man, I'm not. I'm not chasing lost money, right? If that happened, he'd be like, I changed my mind." Because I don't think he's good enough anymore. When you draft a player, you don't have that much information. I now have more information, and I'm pivoting. Well, this is where, though, guy, because I'm with you, Kyle has the Belichick quality. We said Matt Ryan. You didn't develop him, but he did lead him to his greatest season ever. That's fair, but that's different than developing. And he had already had success, right? Because remember, they played the Niners in the championship game when Harbaugh was here, when the Niners beat him to go to the Super Bowl. Like Matt Matt Ryan had seen some pretty high highs. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Pretty sure the Niners didn't they beat Atlanta at Atlanta? So I mean, Matt Ryan was on a team that was hosting the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they started fourteen nothing in that game, if I remember correctly. But Kyle is like Belichick, and he will Ahmad Brooks penalty at the end. He he will not look like I traded all this draft pick and stuff. I think the thing we've talked about before that I don't have any inside information. I don't think you do. I mean, no one, you know, beside I don't think they would ever come out and like really use their source and make it feel like they are correct. Because Kyle, Kyle, I'll give Kyle this. He said before, like, yeah, when you hear things coming that I think I, I don't believe, don't believe a lot of that stuff. Cause I'm not a big talker. And I do believe that like, he's not a huge leaker. I agree. Like, you know, spending a lot of time texting media people. But when you are, and I saw it firsthand, when a coach, when a coordinator, when a general manager, when they love a player, when they love a player in the draft and your team drafts them, they are more inclined to just see it out. Like they want to see that guy succeed, not even for their own ego, but just because like that's their job and they believed in that player for a reason. And that is where if Kyle was just kind of indifferent, like he's like, yeah, I, I want Mac, but I understand this guy has more ability, but I'm not like, jumping through fire for this pick right right? and it's let's face it it does not feel like he fucking you know leaped across 15 feet of alligators to get that draft pick of trey lance it feels like yeah i'm cool with it i understand because i understand for our football team where we need to do but does it feel like he's in love with the pick Hard to know. I would say it doesn't feel that way. And, and by the way, like when I'm doing all my my like all the stuff I just said about Kyle developing, I'm just saying it's it's very easy if you want to make the argument to make that argument. Um, but remember, they traded up in part to evaluate, not because they. Right. The story is not that they like to your point, love Trey. We got to go get Trey Lance. It was we're going to move up and evaluate all these guys and then we'll pick one. Like, like doesn't it feel like when they love a guy, you know, now, granted, a lot of when they love guys, they're good. But like Hufunga. They love Hufunga. Trent Williams, they love Trent. Use check. Like, it's pretty, they can't, they can't hide when they love people. Like, do they love Trey? I mean, I'm. Well, I also, I would say this. I, 
do they love any? Does Kyle love any young unproven guys? That's the old school in him. So I, it may not be a Trey thing. It may just be it, Kyle doesn't love you until you prove you can do it on the field, which Trey has not had the opportunity to do yet. True, but it, it did you see the clip that went viral would be strong, but it just sometimes I see clips of like, uh, I guess it's I am athlete because Shady's on it now, but they had Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun said that, and Shady agreed that like when you're a rookie for Andy, it's not he's not mean to you by any means, but he just, he doesn't always look you in the eye. He just kind of makes you earn his respect, even if you're playing. And I think at quarterback with young players, because I, I think most coaches worth their salt make you earn their respect. I saw Tomlin was asked about a young player, and he's like, well, on a bright side, he did not urinate down his leg. And everyone laughed, and he's like, no, seriously. I mean, it's when a guy gets an opportunity, and a lot of guys that turn out to be good players struggle immediately. It's normal. When a guy hits the ground running, you're very you're like, damn, we got something here immediately. And I think with quarterbacks, because it's one thing to like, you got to earn like Ayuk, like doghouse. It's it's a slippery slope, right? You know, Kyle screaming at him, say the fucking play and just their interaction. Like Jimmy could handle it. Jimmy had been through a lot. This guy, he's only been through good things in college. And last year, he didn't really have to do much. Now it's like, can you lead this team back to the conference championship? It's pretty intense. I, I've said from the jump, the intensity of this environment for like ultimately if the Jets suck, who gives a fuck? You know, the Bears, they're probably gonna suck. Who cares? No one's really gonna care. Fans will be like, Yeah, we knew we were gonna suck. We suck again. This thing will be one of the biggest stories in the league if it starts getting weird. It will be. Yep. It already is, kind of. It will be. By the way, John, uh longest picks <laughs> in history, Justin Tucker, 66, Matt Prater, 64, Tom Dempsey, 63. Well, so Tucker was 66 against the Lions? Tucker was 66 against the Lions, yeah. So he had the longest kick in NFL history to win a game in overtime. That's pretty sweet, isn't that it? That walk-off. A uh, fourth quarter. Four, yeah, yeah, because Lamar. Remember that? The down one was not a tie game. Was that the opener last year? No, but it was early. Two. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the opener, but it was early. It was sweet. Uh, I remember sitting on my couch watching it going, that's pretty cool. It does make sense that the longest field goal would be, because you're not trying that thing in the second quarter, right? That it would be the end of a game or a game winner. You're generally not going to try a 66-yarder in like the third quarter. You would only probably do it in a desperate situation. Maybe end of a half, probably end of a half. End, right? end of a half, yeah. I bet you Tucker's would. attempted, I would guess that Tucker's attempted the most 60-plus yard field goals in NFL history. Feels like I, someone said McManus has eight attempts. Yeah, in Denver, um, harrowing yeah. wisdom on the on the stream. John has been saying you got to look up what Joe Davis said with eight minutes left in the second quarter of the broadcast. He said, "I don't think." He said Kyle said that he didn't think Trey's lack of experience would be as big of a deal as it is. All right, I just pulled it up. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I can't play the audio for you, for you because you know then we can't monetize the show but I let me I will re, I'm going to listen I will say it back to you as Joe Davis talks here we go All right FCS didn't play any games in 2020 Kyle Shanahan said I didn't think his lack of experience would be that big of a deal but I was wrong it was a big deal He's still learning and growing and needing every day So, so you agree it would have been much worse if he said is currently a major issue than was a big issue we're battling through it yeah, except I've been in those meetings and it's, you know, I mean, you're trying to paraphrase what somebody said to fit it into eight seconds between plays. So I wouldn't, 
I, I he said was, but it felt to me like it's an ongoing thing because he also said he needs every day. Needs you ever get in these meetings and guys are just having shitty days, like Kyle Whittingham walks in just pissed off over like something that happened, or you know, it was, it was I've definitely been in these meetings where I'm like, well, that guy was an asshole and not helpful. Yeah, yeah. Never with could, Whittingham though. Could it just be he's having a bad day? Could be stressful job. Doesn't want to be doing the meeting. Yeah, but I mean, Kyle Whittingham his, is always part of his job. Kyle, Kyle Whittingham usually does the meeting post swim. You ever seen like, Wilcox in a bad new mood? Now Wilcox is the best. I wonder what Saban's like in those meetings. Probably depends. Like maybe like is it with McElroy? Depends. Does he respect the person who's in there? Does he think they do a good job? Do they yeah, ask because because I remember Nance and and Phil Sims used to say how awesome Bill was always in their meetings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course he he's known Phil since the eighties when they were winning championships in New York, right? <laughs> Probably a level of respect. Have you earned the respect of the person? Uh, Emiliano says parsing words is a nice way to make a living. Yeah, I, what what I just said is why I'm not making. I don't make that much of that Joe Davis comment because I don't. It's hard to know. I I know how those things go, and you're just kind of trying to relay a conversation. Uh, Corey, thanks, Corey. Said a little weird that the Niners are working out a QB. No, in light of the DAC news, the Niners worked out Kurt Ben Kurt. As a free agent, the former Packer. Um, in other words, could Jimmy be on the move uh, to Dallas? I guess they could. Dallas could trade for a guy and try and get him ready next week. Obviously, by this time, you're not going to do it for this week, right? Cooper Rush will be the guy, but could they trade? I, I saw I someone say four right four weeks potentially for Dak, so it might not even be that bad. Uh, yeah, I think it was Jerry. <laughs> Oh, so I think Jerry's like, oh, yeah, we'll be. But they got da- Dallas has got problems. Shocker. Okay. Do you kind of like them plus eight this week at home against the Bengals? I think, yeah, like everybody's going to be on the Bengals this week, right? Guy, every single human alive will bet against the Cowboys this week. I'll never forget last year. Dak missed a game. They played the Vikings. Pretty sure on Sunday Night Football, Cooper Rush won the game. And remember, Dak was greeting him. Yeah, going nuts in the hallway. They won the game. Every yeah. single human and their mother bet on the Vikings. It's just you can kind of follow the ebb and flow of gambling, where you're just like, this doesn't make sense. But I'm telling you, the Cowboys aren't just gonna be like, oh yeah, just kick our ass, just beat the shit out of us. How about that? <laughs> you know, here's what I know: the Bengals can't block anybody. Micah Parsons is doing 360 spin rushes. It's like this fucking guy. The COVID year. More and more guys went like 12 that probably would have gone two. Like, then you redid that draft. It's like Par- Parsons going two, Jamar Chase going three. Now, I guess Jamar Chase still went five, but that was a hell of a COVID draft. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Part of it, I mean, those two guys didn't even play. What, what would Micah Parsons have done at Penn State his junior year? Kick the shit out of everybody? I mean, would we be having like the Will Anderson conversation? Although, Will Anderson, we've had that conversation for a couple of years. So maybe be a little different than Micah. I think it's a little different just because they Bam is so good and Will Anderson's their best player. You know, Penn State, I mean, he still went 11 or 12 or whatever, but it's clear if he had played, I think it's fair to say he's going top five. Yeah. I mean, you're just watching him, you go, uh, he's doing 360 spin rushes that are just. He's playing, they're using him differently than he played in college, too, right? That's part yeah, of I think he was like a more of a middle linebacker. Now he's basically like an Alden Smith. If he had played that position in college, 
But I think people that scouted him knew that he could pass rush and his athletic ability. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it wasn't like an apples to apples projection. If he had just stood on the edge, pass rush, you'd be like, oh, that's what Will Anderson just comes off the edge. I mean, it's like, oh, there's 31. He looks so sweet in pads. I saw a picture of him like doing an doing a press conference. He looked normal, like a good football player. Yeah. Put him in pads. You're like, he's got this brace. He does his black sleeve. You're like, I would not fuck with that guy. Swaggy. He just, yeah, he looks. I'd send that guy to midfield every game. <laughs> yeah, Parsons did have, there was some character draft stuff, says Eric. Right? Wasn't there some of that? Nothing. I mean, was it weed? I don't even know. Fight, yeah, just get in a fight. No, just like kind of, I think, you know, sure. I think sometimes, think about this. Think how stupid the draft process is. It's like, oh, this guy's kind of immature. Yeah, he's 20 years old. He's a guy. <laughs> You're a fucking met a 20-year-old guy? 99% of them aren't exactly like Myron Roll, who's going to like Europe to be a doctor, right? Most of them do, are, are playing video games, you know, playing with their balls, eating Burger King, doing stupid shit. If you saw their day-to-day... Whether they're a college athlete, whether they're just a kid, you'd be like, this guy ain't going places. And then 15 years later, you're like, yeah, this guy makes 300 grand. Really successful. Two kids. White picket fence house. Doing great in life. Like most men, sorry, we would mature a little later. I we just hear the same shit over and over. And part of the problem is in football is you're compared to the highest level guy in the draft. You're like, well, Michael Parsons doesn't get – how about this Devontae Smith guy? He's been the leader in the wide receiver room since he was seven in peewees. Well, yeah, he's he's an outlier human, not just for the league, humans. Like, you, you need to start putting this in context of all men. Like, can we relative – like, what's his immaturity? Well, he's never been arrested or anything. They just say sometimes he doesn't pay attention, and he comes late every once in a while. It's like, yeah, well, welcome to guys. You just don't want to draft somebody, give him a bunch of money, and rely on him for your livelihood that you're going to end up hating as a person. I know, but I'm talking about just like not the bad, bad people because they're clearly bad people. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I just no, I know. it was a little, uh, little weird. Yeah, it's hard because you don't know how to how much to trust the people who are giving you the information. There's so much unknown. Uh, by the way, Mar- Niner signed Marlon Mack today, Tuesday. So. Uh, you know, they needed a back. We expect them to get a back. The question is, like, is Marlon Mack going to just be immediately active on game day and Ty Davis probably still going to be inactive? Maybe. I mean, I understand, especially with a less experienced quarterback wanting more experienced running backs potentially. But remember, there was the thing last year, are the Niners going to trade for him? I remember that story like last October when he was on the Colts. Yeah, and he got I mean, he wasn't necessarily Wally Pipped just because Jonathan Taylor would start over just about anybody, but had kind of been phased out. Now, he was coming off a major injury in 2020 towards Achilles. One thing, I if Marlon Mack immediately jumps Ty Davis Price, like, I'm sorry, guy, that'd be back-to-back years drafting a guy on the second day at running back that can't play. I mean, we talk a lot of shit about people that draft first-round running backs. If you're going to take guys on the second day, like one of the two of them better be able to play pretty immediately. Like, look around the league. I said, shouldn't be that difficult. Like, that's, that'd be a little bit of a problem. I watched Ty Davis Price run for 700 yards against Florida, play Alabama for ye- Like, what, what are we doing? Like, this guy, this is where is Kyle, does he like, well, he just doesn't know all the plays or, you know, he's just not in his playbook enough. He's not taking notes. Is that what we're getting mad about? Or is it like specific football things? Because if it's specific football things, like, you know, he doesn't hit the hole the right way. Okay. But if it's, if it's Aiki, like, I, I'm sorry, 
I just, I have a hard time with that. And I know I'm not acting like I'm better than Kyle at his job, but it does feel like Kyle can get in his feelings really quick with guys. We have a long, on offense. About specific detail stuff. Yeah, I mean, my my issue would just be more big picture. Like, did you miss on back-to-back third-round running backs? Because ultimately, if the guy's good enough, Kyle will. I mean, like, you'll have to put him on the field because you need running. Like, they would prefer for him to just be good enough and not have to sign Marlon Mack and put Marlon Mack on the active roster week two. Well, you could argue they would have had to sign some running back to practice squad with a major injury to a running yeah, back. You, right. Yeah, you absolutely could argue that. And that yeah. maybe we'll see what happens here. But and Marlon I, Mack coming off an Achilles, it, like this offense isn't asking anybody to dance around. It's like, Marlon, I know you weren't, you're not the same guy from two years in 2019 because he got hurt in 2020, right? Yeah. I just want you to run straight as fast as you can. Like, he was good in 2020 before he got injured on that Colts team. Like he was a legitimate player. That was Phil. But would you agree? Year. Like it might, like for Kyle's style of running back, it could kind of work. Like I'm not asking you to do a lot so much as just hit the right hole. Fit, just run in a straight line. One thing I need to do a better job of when I say like, well, you can claim any guy to a practice squad. I'm thinking like five, 10 years ago. Now you can just put any guy in practice squad, right? You don't just, well, who's the best running back? Well, look, I, me, my mindset is like, well, look at the practice squads and go claim a guy. Well, now it's like the Cowboys, Jason Peters. He's like 41 years old, practice squad. The practice squad ability you actually can take veterans before you wouldn't sign. Like 49ers right now would not sign Marlon Mack, right? They don't have a spot for him, but they can basically try him out this week and then make the move. So the league uh, transactionally has given you ability. You can see like if the Niners were really shitty, you would say, why don't you just go grab a young guy on another team, not do this? But I guess it makes sense. You're trying to win now. This guy has played in big games for a good team. You would do this over taking like I'll just pick a random team like uh the Tampa Bay has a your number one rated practice squad running back claiming him putting him on your roster. It might make more sense to take your top five running backs that are free agents. You work them out. You sign the best one, which I would imagine they felt that Marlon Mack was the best guy today out of the group. Put him on the practice squad and then basically get a tryout or two for a couple of weeks to see if yeah. he's ready to roll. It's good for vets and it's good for teams. It's actually incredible for veterans because overall Marlon Mack. He wouldn't have a job this week. Jay Daddy on the stream says it's a huge red. Uh, there's a reason Max available. He's toast since his major injury. If Ty Davis price falls behind him, it's a huge red flag. And I don't, we don't know that Ty Davis price is going to fall behind him. We'll see, but the opportunity, it's been a perfect storm for Ty Davis price to play here pretty soon. He is technically ahead of him right now, given that he's an active roster player. Right, right, right. I mean, I, you know, we're coming up with a hypothetical here, but it's just ultimately, it's a perfect storm for Ty Davis price to be on the field. To me, what would be interesting, and I would imagine there are a lot of guys like this around the league, right, on different teams. Second and third round picks from this season. If I told that GM or that head coach, this guy was a seventh round pick, not your second or third round pick, would he be on your team? I mean, I would imagine half of them, right, that are not dressing on game day, those guys might say, yeah, ideally this guy would be a practice squad. But obviously we can't cut him given we drafted him, pick 58, and we've already, you know, you just don't cut that guy, right? And I'd be fascinated, and obviously the Niners would never admit it. I mean, we talked to John Lynch, granted, in OTAs, and they were very, very high on him. And it was clear, you just pull up Ty Davis price highlights, it's understandable, right? But if I told John Lynch and Kyle, if this guy was your sixth or seventh round pick, would you ideally like this guy on practice squad? Not, right? Because... I mean, he didn't dress in the first game. The other, the undrafted free agent did, right? 
Like Mason was their third back for that game. Ty Davis Price was in shorts and t-shirts next to Danny Gray. And it's clear, like, Danny, that's not really that weird given their wide receiver room. Like, he proved, like, to me, he's right on the fringe. If they had an injury, he would immediately come up. Like, I don't I don't know how Kyle... And the other thing that you brought up a while back, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Sermon, like, the, the new kind of curveball in this whole thing is Anthony Lynn is like a lifetime Shanahan guy. I mean, they, they had a pretty crazy smooth transition from Bobby Turner, who's like, feels like a Shanahan... It could be Bobby Shanahan Turner, could be his name. He's been with the Shanahan family for 30 years, to go to a guy that feels like a complete Shanahan guy in... Who knows his influence on this operation, right? Does he have a big influence? You know, because he also kind of, you know, not just a running back coach, but has been a head coach. You know, I would imagine he's evaluating the, you know, the person probably means a lot. It feels like Anthony Lynn. One thing you'd say about him watching that hard knock, pretty high level, like pretty character means a lot to him. Like he's not a big fuck around guy. Mm. So now you got Anthony Lynn and Kyle, like, you know, Anthony you know, was the same guy that said start Tyler, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I, as a head coach, did you, GT says, did you ever watch his Charger teams operationally? Yes, it was a mess. But that's different than being a position coach. I'm, ta- I'm talking about individual humans, though, like yeah. dealing with not, I'm not talking about using timeouts. I'm saying that I would imagine he's got some juice. Remember, like when Gruden put a staff together, it was like, position coach is just draft, you know? Like, who do you want, Tom? I want this guy. Take him. And that's... You know, that'll be interesting how this all plays out. And that that's how it works sometimes. Oh, Tom Cable, I got you. In the season, uh, with like who's up, who's down, who's playing. It's harder for the co- the GM, unless you have like big time juice, like Howie, I would say Jason Light now, Mickey Loomis. There, there's a short list. You know, who Kyle and his coaching staff wants to dress, like John Lynch is not forcing to dress the guys. Like this is Kyle's show. You know, in terms of who dresses and who doesn't, which, which I think it should be the coaches' show. I do too, but you, you, we're already asking questions week one and a half. You know, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, doesn't like, mean they're always right. No, we'll see what happens. Let's see if Ty Davis Price is active this week. It would make sense for him to be on the act, like to be dressed. Sorry, not active, dressed. Yeah. But Jordan Mason, like he had a, I'm just looking at the box score. He had a, he had his tackle, right? So like there's a special teams element you get with him that you don't with Ty Davis price. For sure. And that's a ba- a backup thing, right? Like why does, why is Danny Gray not, why is Danny Gray not play? Well, Ray Ray returns, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be that Ty Davis price is the second running back on the roster this Sunday, even though Jordan Mason would be on the team for this, on the active roster for the, or on the 46 man for the second week in a row. For sure. Right. Because he plays special teams. But he's not number two on the running back depth chart against the Seahawks. Like, did Ambry Thomas have a tackle? You know, did some of those, like, those yeah. type guys, you know, like those guys, like, why does Ambry Thomas dress and not, you know, whoever, Lenore? It's like, well, because this guy covers kicks, right? Because you don't, I mean, let's face it, most of us, unless we're making fun of Hightower, are super locked in. Like, what's the, what's the depth chart on punt return? Like, who's up? Who are our gunners? Like, unless you have Matt Slater, that's kind of the time oh, they're putting like I can run to the bathroom, you right? But it does like this is where it does matter. Like when you fill out your game day roster, isn't it kind of stupid that they don't just allow 53 guys to dress? Uh, is it save? I, I would honestly like whoever is the guy that like really put like, is it saving you guys money? It has to be right. It saves them some money. Limits the amount of guys that can get injured. 
Yeah, what's the real benefit? Like, what's the real? Because as we've seen, they just change, make, just they change of- the practice squad rules, and no one's giving a shit, and they're signing the left right. and right. Marlon Max, Jason Peters. You know, Josh Rosen might be in the league for 10 more years as a practice squatter. Yeah. They can they can make the rules whatever they want, but is it just part of the hey? This is part of the chess match of being an NFL team is that you have to find a way to make it work with forty six. I don't know. I'd be I'd be fascinated to know the logic behind that because it doesn't make that much sense because it can't be saving them that much money. Um. All right. Charles on the stream says, "Can the Raiders win the AFC West?" No. So we we've now seen the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs look like they might be the best team in the NFL. The Bills, you know, have that week one title, but could be Kansas City. Uh, but I do think the Raiders could finish second. I think to me, the the they could. I think they could. I mean, they they didn't play play great and had a chance to beat the Chargers on the road. So yeah. And I think the Broncos, and I'm not alone in this, so I'm not making some big take, but I don't think I don't let me put it this way. I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Broncos could be a disaster this year because they're it wasn't just the end of the game for Nathaniel Hackett, UC Davis guy. We're rooting for him. Bald brotherhood for you. Hayman lives in his house. Yep. My my parents bought their bought their house from his dad. But the way they mismanaged the play clock, mismanaged the game clock. I thought Russ, you know, I was thinking about it today. Like, what did he look like? He looked to me like Sam Darnold looked when he went to the NFL. He threw all these deep balls yesterday that suddenly they weren't deep balls to DK Metcalf. And they weren't deep balls on like these over routes to lock it wide open by 30 yards. All of a sudden, they were just one-on-one jump balls to guys who weren't wide open. And it was, I thought, eye-opening how it looks different when the dudes aren't open. It's just... The DB's right there. Make he, did hit, he did hit Judy for like a walk-in touchdown. Look, I'm not saying it's never going to work, and I'm not saying Russ sucks, but Russ, who I saw in the offseason, looking a little thicker, I wondered he his lack of ability to get yeah. away from anybody on Monday night was a continuation. He, he, ain't, of he ain't running away from anybody anymore. It was a continuation of last year. And the other thing is, and you said this earlier, maybe we're, we hadn't started yet, Um. He's like it, he, bro. He's slow. Like he's for, he's a he's, slow runner now. He's a still he, a runner, but he's, he's not slow. creating with his legs. And the other thing is, like, it's one thing to be kind of weird when you have no equity with this team. And if those guys real quickly go, oh wait, we didn't get championship Russell Wilson, and you're just kind of different, then you lose some of that equity. And then what if you're in that locker room going, does our coach know? Like, I would wake up Monday, Tuesday morning if I was on the Broncos, going, does my coach know what he's doing? Because he was part of the reason, a big part of the reason we lost on Monday Night Football. That's right. So I, I think Denver is clearly, and again, I'm not, the stock is, stock is by far the lowest. If what we just saw Monday Night was like a Week 17 game, I don't know how, how you survive that if you're Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. I, I think the clearly the best team in the division by a, I mean they've. It's the chart, or I mean it's country, it's the Chiefs. Country mile. It's the Chiefs. The Chargers have the team to go with the Chiefs. They play this Thursday. They've beat them last year, but like as you saw against the Raiders, they, it feels like they're missing a little. Something's just always off with them. But they those two teams are better than the other two teams. The Raiders just got beat. My question would be if we rank the quarterbacks, it's clear Mahomes one. I mean Herbert's two, and you could even put Herbert as like a not one B, like one C. 
Would you have Derek, like, listen, I, I know you're being critical of Russ, and I am too. He looked a little weird, and maybe he's just so weird now, it's made him a less effective football player as possible. But we can't, I, I just saw Derek Carr play a shitty game. I didn't watch it live. You're texting me. I go back and watch it Monday. He picks two in the second half. Of the that, that, that was bad. That 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 was that was one of the most disappointing efforts of the weekend. I thought, given how much they were right, they could have beat them. Their defense is playing well. Herbert's playing well, but they're right in the game. He throws three interceptions and two of them crippling. And he said he he gave the excuse on one, which wasn't an excuse. It's actually what happened. Is the corner he put it toward kind of the pylon, and the corner broke off the receiver. So basically, Devontae ended up being triple team. The guy that made the pick was the corner, not the like the safety that was following him. So it was a guy that he didn't think was going to be there. Okay. But then the, he comes back and he throws the pick to Renfro, which it just felt like he was pressing. And part of Derek's whole deal the last couple of years is like, you know what? He's really, you know, controlled the ball, right? He doesn't, he's not throwing 40 touchdowns, but he's not, okay, three picks. Uh, obviously he's not on pace for three times 17, but you just have a three pick game. You're more likely to have a 12 pick season than you are five or six. So this notion, he said after the game, like I wanted to be aggressive. We've talked all season about it being aggressive. I still want to be aggressive, but I got to be careful. So now Russell's in this weird spot with Nate Hackett, but are we sure Derek's not in this kind of weird spot? Because now he's got Devonte one takeaway I had from the Raider game. Devonte looks fucking sweet like one of the best players in the league. Should he be above Mahomes in the top 100? No. Do I have any issue with him? You putting him as a fringe top 10 player? Absolutely not. Badass. Waller looked healthy. We know Renfro's good. So now Derek's thinking like, for the first time, the Chiefs and the Chargers, like they just got so much, the Chiefs are fine. Chargers just have so much talent. Even if it gets weird, I have a hard time seeing them not get to 10. The Raiders and the and the, the Broncos, man, the, the Russ and Nate Hackett thing is legit pressure. Josh does not have pressure because he on who? ain't on just I'm just saying like those two guys just bring the pressure to the organization, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, but, Russ is not gonna get cut or anything, but right. it's just he's just a story. Hackett's a story, the whole thing's a story. I think the story with the Raiders is like Derek, you know? Well, that's part of it, is that Josh has a lot more belief than Nathaniel Hackett does. So it does put the light on Derek. I thought Derek's pick to his second interception to Devontae was terrible. It reminded me of Stafford's interception last year early against the Niners when they just signed Odell. He tried to force it to Odell. It felt like Derek was like, I'm just I'm just giving it to my guy Devontae no matter what. Weren't they like down a, less than a cover. score and they were on the yeah, other side of the 50? they were on the 30-yard line or something. It was first down. It was an awful pick. It was really a terrible pick. He killed him, man. In a game that, like, Herbert, stat line, you watched him, Herbert looks like a stud, but they were not up 20 points. The Raiders were right there within a score. They kept getting the ball back, and Derek kept turning the ball over. And you could tell him, like, I watched some of his post-game press conference. I don't want to say rattled, but I think he knows, like, God, I, I was fucking, it was me. And it yeah. wasn't your classic, like, it's got to be me, it's got to be me. It was, like, legitimately, like, I fucked this thing up. Because I'm watching Waller and Devontae thinking, like, God, these guys are ready. Because they were making plays. Devontae was sweet. He looks good. I think the Broncos losing losing Vic Fangio is an underrated part of the division, too. Like now they held Seattle to 17, but seven I mean it's but they're not great on offense. Like no, the Ra- the Raiders could be pretty good on defense. Right? Denver looked so bad from a tackling standpoint. 
And their inability to score, they looked like an air raid team when they got down to the five-yard line in the red zone. They could not run the ball. They couldn't in the red zone. It was crazy. They didn't. To me, the, some of the shit they ran in the red zone was awful. You don't like shotgun runs? To, to hate shotgun runs. They're throwing these low percentage passes. I just thought they looked bad. Uh, they they didn't have a. Time. I mean, do you, now, you consider them freak fumbles when you fumble with like the two the baby's own fumble. Yeah, yeah those are. If it happens, tw- if it happens twice, I mean. So you're right. The counterpoint is like they played like shit, and in some ways, they should feel like they should have won the game. Now, to me, it felt like Seattle should have been up ten points on them. But you go, okay, Russ rightfully was probably rattled, rattled by the booing, rattled by just going back to Seattle. Like, I thought Russ was rattled, which is a reasonable, like, human thing to have been rattled in that environment. So you could argue he'll be better. And you could argue Nathaniel Hackett, A, should be better. Like, there's a reason some people say, you know, coaches, first-time coaches who are coordinators shouldn't be coordinators because the game management's really hard. And they really struggled with the game management. But that's where, and you said this and you're right, like, some of it's on Russ. How are they getting these late play clock situations with a veteran quarterback? Now, maybe the play's not getting in fast enough. I don't know. It, it could be that. But I hope maybe they'll be better in five weeks than they were week one because that's about as tough as an environment as you could put Denver in. Um, if you're doing power rankings, they're clearly fourth. And the Raiders, like there's a gap even between the Raiders and the Broncos, right? The Chiefs are one. Chargers would be two. The Raiders would be, you know, I wouldn't put them right behind the Chargers, but like the Chargers have a dramatically better quarterback than the Raiders. And Derek's solid. Like that's even if you go, that's one of Derek's worst games of the season. When it, when we look back, Herbert is way better than Derek. Cause like you said, if, if Tom and Giselle head to the Bahamas and Aaron heads to the, the Chilean forest with ayahuasca, Herbert is, is right there on the heels of the other two guys. It's one, two, three, and he might be three, but he's closer to one than he is seven. <laughs> so that's a problem for the Raiders. That the the one and three are in your fucking division, and they are just way better than your guy. And that's where I say with Russ, like I'm with you, Russ. Look rattled, but let's just say one of the two games, like it, Derek just ain't consistent. If they play each other for the next three years, like Derek ain't consistently outplaying him every game, unless he's just a shot fighter, which it's not out of the realm of possibility that he just keeps trending, trending down, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Cause the one thing he would say about Russ, like he cares about football. He wants to be good. It's not like for all his weirdness and it is dramatically getting weirder. Like that's the yep. thing. Like it's getting weirder. Like to me, Tom getting weird. Tom's football weirdness is not Tom's into some things that like avocado ice cream. But ultimately when you take a step back, you're like, well for him to get good at football, but whenever you watch clips of like practice, it's like him dumping water on Mike Evans and Julio. It's like, God, this guy, how much fun is would be to kick it with Brady? You know, Russ, obviously, I'm sure you saw the clip of him running out to practice, right? Tapping nobody, high-fiving people. Do you see that? I, yeah, I saw him at midfield with like his arms out and his eyes closed. But have you seen the Denver clip like a week or two weeks ago? Oh, no. Coming no. out from like the facility. Like out to pretending the to do starting lineups kind of? Yeah. High five. No one's there. What was he doing at midfield? Do you, I, I, I don't know. Do you understand? I, just, I think just getting, just getting, receiving the energy from the, from, from the sky. Yeah. I, we all got to do weird stuff to get ourselves ready for whatever we do. Feels like he's jumped the shark. Like to me, even Brady, like Brady's got weird, but he hasn't jumped the shark. But yeah, forty-five year olds get plastic surgery. He he did weird stuff to keep his body right. 
one thing you'd say it worked, right? I'm watching Tom Sunday night. Didn't you think is just throwing BBs? Yeah. Russ does like he keeps saying, "Let's ride." Like who fucking we we have been watching football, you and me, like that we can remember for almost thirty years. I, it's it's unprecedented what he's doing, especially because let's let's ride does not feel like go Broncos would feel. It feels more of a me thing. Like he's going to be printing T-shirts for let's ride soon, right? Like go Hawks. Not as weird. Do you agree with that? I, I don't think Go Hawks really that weird at all. You know, it was kind of his thing, and he did it on Wisconsin. But it was kind of a Pete because Pete was kind of a collegiate, energetic yeah. guy. It kind of fit. It, it worked. I, I never judged him for that. The the Go Broncos. Let's ride. He's added words. You know, I'm with you. Go Broncos. A lot of like Niner, like Niner Nation, like players. Just you're just kind of in the world. I, I get it. He just made something up. He just made something up. Yeah, and for what reason? Because he's a team guy, or because he's trying to stamp his brand? Like it, because that's what it feels like. But I, I think there's an episode of Seinfeld where Jerry is dating uh, a girl, and he gets a knock on the door, and it's um, uh, Newman. And Newman opens the door, and he and the girl know each other. And it turns out the girl used to date Newman, and Jerry looks at her completely differently. Right? He can't even kiss her after that. And I do wonder if you were a Broncos fan, or if you were the new owners of the Broncos. You'd go, so this guy went to the Seahawks, who were terrible. They went to the playoffs. They won 10 games five times from 1976 to 2011. He won a championship there. He he had eight 10-win seasons in 10 years there. So more 10-win seasons in his time there than they had his entire franchise's history before he showed up. Won a championship. Left. Shows back up. Every guy that played with him publicly, all these guys hate him. The coach and the organization rip him. The fans all boo him. Should we be a little concerned about the guy we just got? And I think the answer to that question is yes. Yes, you should. And I would be like, it's not even about should or would. If I were them, I would be concerned. And it's not like to this point, it's been all normal, nothing to see. I mean, it's been a little weird since he got there. So I, well, here's the thing. I'd have concerns. Coward loves Russ, hates Rogers. Rogers has dramatically more people that have consistently considered and he considers and they hang out together, right? Of guys that he played with. Well, for as crazy as Aaron sounds like he <laughs> talks sometimes, you could have a conversation with Aaron Rodgers that doesn't feel like, you know, it's a promotional shoot. Is what it, again, I haven't had a conversation with either, but just when I watch them talk. Yeah, it is. It feels bizarre. I, I think that's pretty telling. That feels like every guy, do you think this is weird? I saw him say this last night. I'm sorry, I red flagged it. I guess he played with him for three years. He he called DK one of the his best friends in the world. Okay, like that he's just best friends with DK Metcalf. Like DK You're Metcalf it's weird because you don't think it's true, or because DK would be a weird guy to have as your best friend. Well, I think it's kind of reflective that he doesn't have that many friends. Like he's had the opportunity. Like unlike most human beings, right? If you just do a normal job, if I just put you in an office. I understand the majority of people you're going to meet, you're not going to like. I'm not expecting. In football, like kind of a tried and true formula, they're going to be, if you're a semi-normal guy, minimum every single team, five, six guys that you're just going to gravitate to and you're just going to call friends. And depending on how many teams you play for, you're just going to have a ton of friends. It's just, it's a conducive environment. It's like, it's like the closest thing to like junior high or high school. You're just going to end up with other people your age, you're going to run into some people that you're just going to college consider friends. And it feels like he has no friends. 
Like Richard Sherman, you go, who's his friends? It's like seven of the guys from those teams. Like they were really good teams. Yeah. You know, that's part of it. Like when Frank Gore retired, every single guy to a man was like, fucking love Frank. God damn it. I love Frank. You know, it's like, are they like best friends? I don't know, but they sure feel there's a kinship. It feels like there is no kinship between these guys that, like you said, the highest of highs. They won a Super Bowl. Hell, I, we've seen which Niner ties, teams. Which ties people together who really wouldn't get along otherwise. We've seen the Niner teams that have lost in the Super Bowl that feel pretty tied together. It feels like Richard Sherman, and maybe it's just because it's recency bias, doesn't feel like he's closer to the Niners than he is with Seattle? Well, he talks. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I just think I got a walking, talking red flag on this guy has just become a caricature. And it's one thing if you just know, like when you're in a dorms with somebody and he's a weird guy. Well, if you still know him 15, 20 years later, be like, yeah, he's always a little weird, but me and him just got along, whatever. Right. When you meet that guy at our age, you're 37, 35, 36, and you meet another weird guy, you go, that's kind of weird, <laughs> right? But if you knew someone that know, known him for 20 years, you'd be like, trust me, let's get to know him. Go play. We're going to play golf. Come along. We'll have a couple beers. He's cool. You'll you'll end up liking him, right? But you sometimes yeah. need a bridge. Who's the bridge, right? Like Jerry Judy's like, the fuck is this, bro? And then like Javante Williams, like this guy's kind of weird, man. And then all of a sudden, like uh, Simmons on defense and Bradley Chubb is like, yeah, Vaughn told me something about this, but I was like, I try not to listen too much. And now it's like, what's going on here? I I I know a guy that played with both of them, and I've I've obviously asked him about both of them. His thing was like, you know, I was there when Russ was younger. He just all he just didn't really doesn't really he has a hard time connecting to people. He's like Aaron is different, but like is you can just Aaron's like he likes Aaron. And I talked to another guy last year who used to play with Aaron, and I remember it was Aaron said something that was getting crushed for, and the guy was like, I will defend Aaron no matter what. Like I just Aaron's a you told I the like story Aaron. about Russ bringing security to the party that he picked everyone at the party. Well, you know he has a a a, a golf tournament where he it, it's invite only, but Russ hung out on the golf cart with his security, like away from everybody. And the guy that told me the story, like works for the Seahawks, is like, what Russ? What do you do? You invited. Where are the people you invited? Like we're not going to come up to you for autographs. Like you invited us. You already approved the guest list. Why are you being weird? Wouldn't it? You know, like it happens a lot in those softball games, like. Uh, you know, Michael Irvin softball game, or yeah. he'd be a bad, it'd be like more of a current play. Richard Sherman has a softball game. It's like all these dudes from Seattle, maybe like Kevin Durant shows up, like some of his famous buddies, like a, a, a famous futures there, or Mariah Carrier, who knows? And it never feels like everyone's kind of mingling with each other. It's like, God, all these guys, I, I, the Eagles did one this year. And it was like all these, all, all the current Eagles were there. Some former Eagles were there, like Shady's running around. It's like everyone just, like the security's on the outside, like the fans can't get to him, but everyone's just kind of with each other. It feels like Russell, more than any other quarterback who's good, has really separated himself from the pack. And I would say that is a killer. It never feels. I, I heard a story last week in Scottsdale of like Mahomes comes here, he knows the owner of this one bar, and he's just kind of, you can kind of see him in the back, but he'll come out and give cocktails and say hi to, like he just feels very normal. Like he brings Brittany there. I guess Jackson Mahomes likes to run around Scottsdale. But like he can be seen there. And it's just like he just he feels normal to people, let alone his own team. Like you hear some of these stories about Josh Allen. It's like, God, this guy's just, you know, fireball Ridley, you know, blue collar guy. <laughs> Russ feels like he is. Did you see the the viral video of Prince Charles? Something was on the desk of when he was signing something, and he told the guy to like clean the desk, and he kept pointing at the desk, and the guy comes over and scrubs the desk. 
like the Jerry move when he hands the glasses and the guy rubs his glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Russ feels like that when I would say most quarterbacks, all the good ones, Kyler, in a weird way, I, I actually watched Kyler in this one interview. I, I would imagine more guys like like would be strong, but like Kyler can probably just have normal conversations easier than Russ even. Yeah, I think so. Russ feels like he's out on an island right now yeah, of the I top agree. 10 guys. I heard a good story the other day, by the way, not the same level of fame, but I, apparently uh, this guy went to a club fitter in the South, in the um, like South Bay to get some golf clubs fit. Cow club and, member guest this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, that's what I heard. Who's playing? Who's playing with Dave Feldman? I heard Steph's there, Burl's there, uh, Brett Hull's, and it's a pretty good list. I wonder who Feldy's playing with. Steph, maybe. maybe. Steph, but they're both members. Yeah. Uh, but this guy was like, um, you know, where he's like, you know, you play a lot of golf. He's like, yeah, I got a tournament coming up in a couple weeks. The guy's like, oh, where are you playing? And the guy's like, oh, American Century. And the guy's like, well, isn't that just for, you know, like the celebrities and stuff? He's like, oh, yeah, well, they, they invite me. And the guy's like, well, what did you do? And the guy's like, oh, I, you know, I played, I played for the, I played quarterback for the Niners for a little bit. <laughs> it's Alex Smith. <laughs> he said it was just the most mellow, you know. What, but you would expect that from Alex, you know. Yeah. That's not that shocking. If he's Niners, not Chiefs. Uh, well, he was in the he was. It's in the Bay Area. This guy, you know. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah. He ran into him at the club fitting. Okay, it makes Forget, sense. no. This was the conversation. Yeah. So the guy obviously was didn't it, know football. Was Alex well. like waiting in line to swing? No, no. It was the club. This was the conversation the club fitter had with him. You know. Oh, it was the club fitter. Yeah, yeah. They were just yeah. talking as they, you know, you're doing the whole thing, and um, you love hearing those types of stories, you know. But again, not surprising to anybody. Yeah, I, I so. don't if Russ doesn't feel like a golfer, if he was zero chance club fitter, NDA, his house has to bring the shit. Remember the video that went viral of like, he's one of us. It was Steph coming out of like the PGA superstore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's not possible to see those clips of Russ anymore. That's what's, yeah. I'm sorry. You get, you become a weirdo in the one sport that feels just like everyone's because we've all met a guy at minimum that's played like Division One college football, but even an NFL player because there's a lot of them, they tend to just feel kind of normal. I don't know, and he's he feels like an at, even I mean like an out of touch NBA player. I, I heard a story one time that Russ went to a pottery barn in Seattle and asked for the Seahawks discount, and they were like, "Well, we don't have a Seahawks discount." <laughs> They're like the Seahawks employees don't get a discount here, and they're like, no. I I give a little I give credit for going to Pottery Barn. That's this yeah, I give a little room for error on that one. If especially if you're young, you've just gotten discounts at different colleges. You know, you might not. Yeah, he's probably not walking in the Pottery Barn anymore. No, no. The reality is, if he would have gone in there like year five or six, they would have given him some free shit, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of funny that he was paying to begin with, but anyway. All right. Um, anything else today? Good show. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, we didn't say it off the top, but hit us with a five star. We appreciate that. If you're watching right now on YouTube live or after the fact, hit that like button. That helps us out. Uh, subscribe to the channel. We we really appreciate that, too. And uh, that way you get notified when um, when new content comes up and it helps us grow and build this community. And, um, you know, if you want to comment for the algo, or 
Thanks. comment. But everyone just hit that like button. Just a little heart. Just a little heart. You know, that's that's um that feeds my family. So me too. Kids fucking hungry. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.